Hello everyone, welcome to episode 9 of Cold Wave Soundcheck. I'm Aaron Pollock. We're less than one month away from Cold Wave score at Metro in Chicago, September 25th and 26th, with the kickoff show on the 24th at Double Door. Very few tickets remain, so if you haven't placed your order yet, do so now before these shows sell out. Head to coldwaves.net for ticket links and the full lineup. This week we're chatting with Susan Subtract and Greg Vaughn. This is High Functioning Flesh.
Uh, I'm Susan Subtracts, and I sing in the band and co-write all the all the music. Yeah, and uh, I'm Greg, and um, in the live set I play synth and, and uh, drum pads. We were we were really into punk music growing up. Some some stuff that's similar to each other, and some stuff that's totally kind of unrelatable. I mean, for me, like high school, I was really into like Crass Records and Oi music, which I feel like is kind of disparate. But for some reason, both of those things really appealed to me. And like when I got a little older, I got more into like art punk and bands like Flipper and and, and those sort of things, which inevitably led me to. Bands like Big Back, Black, and Chrome, and then finding my way into industrial music and, and techno and things like that, kind of by that route. That's kind of where this band falls into that development of my musical taste. And like, I don't know, I kind of ending up at the same point from a different starting point. Like, my, my parents were both really into Devo when I was growing up, and so I always kind of had like this like weirdo music appreciation. Um, like growing up, I grew up in Portland in the early '90s, and um, kind of was you know riding the whole grunge thing. But a band that like really stuck out to me was like Mud Honey, and going backwards from Mud Honey with like uh, Green River and uh, Mr. Epp, just sort of realized that those guys were kind of like the weirdos in the in the grunge scene. But uh, I guess like going from there, like uh, I moved I moved to Southern California and got really into southern california punk like posh boy records and stuff like that but still always kind of holding on to like the devo like mutant edge of things and yeah that's sort of just stayed with me my entire life the whole like just weirdo punk thing <laughs> we, we both kind of used to play we used to he was in portland and i was living in long beach california and uh we both kind of played in bands you know, that grew out of those interests of ours, and uh, we'd seen each other's bands play on tours, we never actually met, and we, we ended up having a lot of mutual friends um, who, who would always kind of tell us, like, oh, have you met this guy from Portland? Like, I think you guys would really get along, or vice versa. And eventually, maybe about a year before we started this band, we both moved to L.A. around the same exact time, and, of course, ended up ended up meeting each other and thinking, like, enough people have told us to try it, let's just do it. And that's how yeah. That's how this band kind of started. I remember, like, before either of us officially lived in L.A., I just I just sort of got into Southern California from up north and went to go see Scratch Acid on my birthday. And I remember seeing Greg there. And that was kind of just, like, already kind of knowing, knowing who he was and, like, having that also be a show. Meaning that was also, like, a weird shared mutual interest of ours, like that it was, like, this sort of thing that, like, stayed with me, like, the year that we were, like, getting to know each other, to where when it was, like, time to, like, start a new band, it was, like, the obvious choice. <laughs> um, I'd already kind of, like, written a song for this new project, and we were just sort of jamming on our, our first, like, combined song. And uh, so we kind of already had, like, an idea of what we were doing, and then so we went to, like, this, like, second Youth Code show, and... Yeah, it was like, oh wow, like we're, I guess we're sort of like getting into something right here. Yeah, uh, it was a real, I don't know, it really kind of made us, it pushed <laughs> us to really like kick it into gear and like 
like, okay, we want to make this happen now. Like other people are doing it. It's really, it's really exciting because there's, there's a lot of really diverse sounding music that all relates and fits in together. I don't really, there's something really exciting happening here now, but there's not necessarily like a cohesive sound to any of it, which I think is, is something that's really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone's sort of approaching, everyone's sort of approaching an idea of electronic music and everyone's coming from entirely different backgrounds to do it, you know? Yeah. Uh, you guys seem to have definitely carved out your own distinct style in, in the scene. To me, it feels like listening to your albums is kind of like a time machine to a different era, which is also reflected in your visual style in your music videos. I don't know. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> I, it's funny. Yeah. Like I, I guess, I mean, I don't know. I guess a lot, you know, a lot of the, the stuff we're using for references is, is is older stuff, but I think a lot of people do that. I don't know, like the 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 first video we made from the last record, we you know we made here in this garage that we're doing this interview in, and like we shot it with like a brand new digital. Oh yeah, camera yeah, yeah, like, so, yeah, yeah. That's right. The video for Hunger Cries it came out, and like the headline on like whatever it was released on was like, oh, this crazy retro video by by High Functioning Flesh, and that was made. With a like a brand new like Nikon high definition DLSR like camera, <laughs> and then we I edited it entirely in Final Cut Pro X, like you know the most like consumer level, like and used no plugins whatsoever, like and I think I edited it in like three days, so like that was like the you know the most contemporary like shoot it and cut it like implementation that like right. I, I can even possibly imagine and it was like considered like a retro video so as far as like you know the visual like aesthetic and the videos I don't really know it must just be us yeah <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, I, mean, I mean someone asked about you know like what what we were aiming for when we started this band and like we like we really weren't aiming at anything we didn't know what was going to come out of like the first couple practices we did we we had all these ideas that we never even like followed through with because like what we ended up with like the first couple practices yeah. like kind of just like took off and we both come from like guitar backgrounds and like we've never even considered playing guitar in this band <laughs> that was actually the first band i've ever uh played synthin so yeah
So you guys just finished playing the Terminus Festival along with Cockshore. So how did that go? That was a great night. We played the first night, like right in the middle there. We were kind of using some like more mobile, portable gear. So we we were kind of a little nervous about the situation. You know, usually we use our all our rat gear and stuff like that. And um, fumbled a few times, but everyone was like really into it. I mean, we were using an MPC and like... 30 seconds of load time on a backing track doesn't seem very long at practice, but in front of a bunch of people, it seems really long. So, I don't know. I felt like that was really sloppy, but people seemed to have fun, which is, was, you know, that's, yeah, people, that's the important part of People were lives. really into it, and, like, you know, I was, I, like, I was nervous even on stage. And, you know, as soon as we got done and we were, like, by our records or, you know, talking to people by the bar, like, I think people really, really enjoyed it. I had a great time at Terminus. <laughs> Tell me about uh, how you feel about the Cold Wave show coming up. I'm excited to see, like, every band this yeah. year. I'm really excited to be playing with the bands we're playing on Saturday. But then also, looking at Friday, I would kind of be like, feel the same way if, I was, yeah. if we were smack in the middle of Friday as well. I mean, geez, I, it was kind of funny. I, I actually followed Tom Ellard from Severed Heads on Twitter. And this was a little bit after we had been asked to play, and I think I'd already confirmed. And he, he tweeted something like, got us to play a festival in the States in September. It's during a break I have from teaching. I think he's a college professor. He's like, yeah. considering doing it. And I was like, it's got to be talking about cold waves. Like, I'm going to get to see, like, play the same festival as Severed Heads. Like, yeah. that's like, I was, I was really excited. And then I think it was a couple of weeks later of me, like, thinking about that tweet when I, when I saw that they were confirmed. I was just like, <laughs> so, yeah. I'm excited if you can't tell yeah. about that. <laughs> it was funny too. So we got like we got I I uh we got asked to play like the Front 242 show here uh which is like the Sunday after the fest. So like we play like Saturday and then have to fly home and play with 242. But I wanted to talk to to um to Jason like to make sure that was okay. So I called him up and I kind of like dropped that we kind of knew that Severed Heads was playing. Because from, from this tweet that we saw, like, where he didn't actually say anything, but we kind of put it together. And he's like, where did you hear that? Where did you hear that? You can't tell anybody. I'm also cur- I'm curious to see, uh, see Human Traffic. I've heard a bit about them, and I know they've played in L.A., and I've, I've unfortunately not seen them before. Also, Led Into Gold, have they, like, have they played before? That's going to be a It's going to be, yeah, oh, both yeah. nights are, are stacked, like, start to finish. Like, seeing Cocksure, like, uh, on Saturday was... Also, that was that was an experience. From the, uh, I don't know if you read anything about it, but uh, some guy ran naked on the stage while they were playing, um, which was really really funny. Uh, I was talking to Amber after they played, and I guess the guy like really politely asked if it was okay if he did that, <laughs> like before they even started. Um, but it was still really really funny. I'm very excited. That, I guess, yeah, I don't even know what else to say. It's going to be amazing. So besides your new album, Definite Structures, which is available now, what else do you guys have going on? Like, I feel like the last record, like we kind of like finished it and then we're like waiting for it to come out. So we had a lot of time to kill before that happened. So we're like, by the time we had the record release, we, we were playing four of these newer songs by the time that record came out. But there was so much like... Uh, 
there was so much work to be done with this newer record that, like, you know, we recorded it and then we spent all this time mixing it and then, you know, doing all this other build-up stuff like making all these videos to where by the time, by the time the record came out, that's all we'd been doing is building up to when the, to the record release. Um, and then we kind of dove right into playing these shows and festivals and stuff like that, so... I think, yeah, I am looking forward. After we play, we play uh, the first weekend of October at the Void Star 25th anniversary-like festival um, in Boston. And then right after, right after that, I think we're finally going to have some downtime to where we can, we can really start writing new material. Structures, cross construction, a permanent. 
On today's episode, you heard Touch Oblivion Icon, Hunger Cries, and Mistakes Were Made. High Functioning Flesh can be found at highfunctioningflesh.bandcamp.com and facebook.com slash hxfxfx. Follow us on SoundCloud or subscribe to the show through iTunes or your favorite podcast app with the links found in the show notes to keep up with new episodes. Our opening music is Monster Zero by Accumination. Next week in our final band interview, we talk to Cold Waves Festival organizer and Accumination frontman Jason Novak. Our final segment each week is dedicated to Jamie Duffy, the inspiration for the Cold Waves Festival. Here's Kelly Novak remembering Jamie as an important member of her family. I think my experiences with having kids and having Jamie around, you know, Jamie spent quite a few Christmases with us. It was like he was one of the kids, but just his sheer impact on both my children and still how much trouble they're having with him not being around, I feel like says so much about who Jamie was and, and who Jamie was in our lives. One of the things that Miles had gotten for Christmas was this PlayStation. And Jamie must have spent, and I'm not even kidding you, two hours sitting Indian style, like on our living room floor with Miles, setting this whole thing up, going through the whole thing with him to the point where Jason was like, dude, come on, let's go. Like, let's go outside. And Jamie keeps looking at Jason like, I am busy. I'm setting up PlayStation. But he just had such awesome time and interaction with our kids. And it was like, he'd come out and usually he wouldn't come inside first. He'd have to go outside and start working on the band stuff because if he came inside, he got sucked in and, and he'd spend, you know, all his time just with the kids and it's just it's you know it's it's bittersweet and we we actually have some family movies that we found of a couple of our Christmases with them and one of them we had uh he had just gotten as an apartment I don't know if it was his first apartment it probably was right his first apartment um when he moved out of Pat's and we had got him all sorts of kitchen stuff and the kids were so excited to give it to him and so for me I think my experiences and stories with Jamie are just him being a part of our family and it's you know we have his picture that was um painted for us his portrait and it hangs in the family room because it's just appropriate it's like where we all hang out he kind of needs to be there